to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before, and it's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. Let me put the nail in this coffin real tight. God hates a coward. God hates a coward. 21 and 8 says, but the cowardly and the unbelievers, murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which is the second death. God wrote that I didn't. Who leads the list of that ragtag mob? The cowardly. Look at your spiritual forefathers in the faith. Moses, with a shepherd's staff, invades the royal court of Pharaoh. Pharaoh, who's considered God on earth, who has the most mighty army that any nation ever assembled together. And he looked him in the face and said, Let my people go! He was not afraid. Look at David, the shepherd boy, bringing a sling. And David and, da and Goliath is coming against him. And David looks at him and said, You come to me with a sword and spear, but I am coming to you in the name of the Lord. Duck, Leroy, here comes an exceeding head rake you're not going to get over. Jesus, uh, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying. 500 Roman soldiers come from the Antonian fortress to arrest one Jewish rabbi praying in the garden. Think about that. 500 battle-ready Roman soldiers to arrest one Jewish rabbi praying with 12 sleeping disciples. They said, we seek Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. And they fell on the ground like dead men. Jesus was no coward. I want to tell you something. Jesus lost his life at Calvary, but he didn't lose the fight. God will give you only what you're willing to fight for. Satan attacks you because you're God's child and he hates God's property. Satan attacks you because you're the light of the world and he's the prince of darkness. Satan attacks you because you're the truth and he's the father of lies. Satan attacks you because you're a soldier of the cross. You're anointed. You have the word of God. You have covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You can take the sword of the truth of God and attack the gates of hell. You're a threat to him. Whenever you roll over in bed, every devil in Bear County gets a migraine headache. That's why he hates you. And to those of you who name the name of Christ, stop allowing Satan and his demonic goons to, to destroy your marriage. Put on the whole armor of God and fight back. Quit allowing him to attack your health. The Bible says by his stripes we are healed. Quit allowing him to attack your finances. The Bible says God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He will make him give it back to you sevenfold. 
Stop allowing the devil to rob you of your peace because Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. Stop allowing Satan to rob you of your joy. In his presence is the fullness of joy. Do you want it? Then fight for it. Do you want it? Then fight for it. Put on the whole armor of God and stand beside me and take the word of the holiness of the Father. Fight the good fight of faith. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Do you want it, ladies and gentlemen? Then fight for it. God will only give you what you are willing to fight for. Do you want this country? Then fight for it. Do you want your children to grow up in a society where they are untouched and left alone by pedophiles and by people that want to do them harm and by evil evil uh, demonic spirits, then fight for them. Do you want this red, white, and blue and what it stands for? Do you want what the founding fathers built this country in their vision to be? Then fight for it. Put on the full armor of God and fight for it as we begin this holy week as Christians. Fight for it. And if that cold open that I just played for you this morning did not start a fire in your belly, did not make the hair on the back of your neck stand up, did not bring a tear of joy to your eyes, then you have a long way to go. But guess what? We're right here for you. We're right here with you with open arms. And anything that we can do to get you up off that couch, to get you to fight for this country, to get you to fight for our children, to get you to fight back against this evil that we're involved in right now in this holy war, we will do it. Folks, you're locked and loaded right here. This is live from America, and I am your ever so humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot. Coming to you from the live free or die granted state of New Hampshire. And it is a blessing to do this job and fight next to you. Right alongside you. Brother to brother. Brother to sister. Sister to brother. Arm in arm. Shoulder to shoulder. Eyes gazed on the enemy. It is an honor to be here fighting with you for this country. God bless each and every single one of you. Thank you very much for being here today. What a long, beautiful, great weekend. Yesterday, Palm Sunday, yesterday Jesus rode into Jerusalem. Today, Jesus cleansed the temple and God prepares the world for his ultimate and holy sacrifice. This is a week unlike any other week, ladies and gentlemen, and it is far more important than Christmas. I thought of this the other day. We spend weeks prior to Christmas getting ready for Christmas. Weeks. We decorate our homes. We get Christmas trees after Thanksgiving. For the better part of a month, we are getting ready for Christmas. But you don't see that same thing as we lead up to Easter. Not with the amount of people that we should see it. This is Holy Week, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I do want to give you guys an update on what is happening this week. Okay, I am heading to Arkansas, Hot Springs, Arkansas on Wednesday. I will be leaving Tuesday night after the show and I will be heading to Boston because I am flying out of Boston. Yes, I know I tried to drive, but I would have been away from the show far too many days and I just can't do that. So I will be flying out of Boston on Wednesday morning. It'll take me the better part of a day to get there. I'll get there uh, in time to rent a car, drive to Ben Berkwam's home, and hopefully get ready to do my show so I can do my show from the venue, which is a church down there in Hot Springs, and then go right from my show right to the live show um, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Real America's Voice News. I will then be traveling back Thursday. Now, unfortunately, there will be no show on Thursday. Not even the morning, not the night. No show at all. There will be only an evening show on Wednesday and no shows on 
Thursday. Please, please spread the word. I'll say it today. I'll say it tonight, and I'll say it tomorrow just so everybody has uh, the itinerary in their heads and they're not looking for the show on Wednesday morning or any of the shows on Thursday. It's the price we got to pay to get out there and make sure that we do our duty and fight for this country. I don't like being away from the show. I do not like being away from the studio nor my family. But duty call. So we will be in Hot Springs, Arkansas for Wednesday evening. Please, if you are in the area or if you can even make the drive, pack up the family, come out, and let's, uh, let's have a good time together trying to save America. Let's go right to the verse of the day today. Let's not mess around during this holy week. And I titled this morning's newsletter, full of energy this week and ready to go, The Holy Spirit Fills in the Gaps. The Holy Spirit Fills in the the gaps. Second Timothy 2.15. Again, Second Timothy 2.15. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Now, this was Paul's last letter. For all those who don't know, it reveals his heart and his priorities as he's telling you that you should be confident in spreading the good news of the gospel. Now, very few of us here who are watching live now and who will watch later are scholars of the Bible. Some of us are, but very few of us. I certainly am not a scholar of the Bible as much as I would like to be. As a matter of fact, I have no idea what verse I am going to talk about every day. And when I do get it shown to me by our creator, most of the time I don't even remember ever reading it before. How can a guy like me who has never been to a Bible college, a guy like me who has never taken any real courses on the studies of the Bible, how can a guy like me preach the gospel to you every day and teach you something you may not have known? Better yet, how can a guy like me preach that to you every day and how can you trust someone like me to give you information about your salvation? How can that be? Well, it's an easy answer. The Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit fill in those gaps. That is what the Holy Spirit is there to do. God directs me and the Holy Spirit to a verse or verses of the Bible and helps me read it and helps me understand it. And then, much like Jesus, multiplied the fish and the loaves of bread to thousands to feed thousands of people. So does the Holy Spirit multiply my message to the thousands of people and helps them comprehend what they are reading and listening to. Is this, is this the first time that I'm telling you that God is definitely working within and through me? Yes. And yes, he is. I don't mean to sound arrogant or conceited because I am not. I'm merely telling you the truth. God is using me for something big, and this is part of it. This show, these daily verses, these prayers, I don't know what, but I know it's for something. And he also has plans for you. Every one of you that's listening right now, just listen. Listen and talk with him about it. You don't need a pastor. You don't need a priest. You don't need a Jeremy Harrell from Live from America. You just need God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and you to spend time together daily. He will reveal his plans for you too. Even though we don't deserve it. He has reserved a seat at his VIP, VIP table with your name on it. So receive it today. And get to work for God. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give a big shout out to Freddie. I know Freddie has got has has gone miles and miles from where he was just weeks ago with the Lord. And we can only give glory to God for that. So, Freddie, if you're watching uh, watching today, sir, God bless you. And thank you so very much. Let's, uh, let's remove our hats. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And remember, starting this holy week, ladies and gentlemen, God hates a coward. You are not cowards. We are not cowards. This country is not built on, based on, or filled with cowards. We are still strong. We are still a God nation. Let's keep it that way, and let's bring the families back to the supper table, and let's bring everybody closer together because united we stand, divided we fall. Put your cups up as we start this beautiful Monday morning. I'm on fire, and I know you are too. Let's have our first slurp. By the way, last week we raised wonderful amounts of money for the two Slurp Fund recipients. We will be doing that again at the end of this week on, on, um, on Friday. Wow, Jeremy, you've converted Corn Pop and Freddy. I haven't done anything, just so you know. I've done nothing. All glory goes to God. I don't even know what I'm doing here. There will be two shows on Friday, which is Good Friday. There will be two shows, just so you guys know, especially since we're not doing a show on Thursday. And we'll be doing another Slurp recipient on Thursday as checks go out to the ones that we raised money for last week. Here we go. First and foremost section today on this April 11th, which is my son's birthday. Happy birthday, Jaden. We love you. Year of our Lord 2022. Elon Musk. Has the overlord losers at Twitter literally crapping their pants, much like their uh, their uh, illegitimate resident in the White House. He was expected to take a seat at the board of directors yesterday on Palm Sunday, and he denied it last minute. Literally, the overlord losers at Twitter were ready to give him his seat, rightfully so on the board of directors since he now owns nearly 10% of Twitter. However, ladies and gentlemen, there was a caveat. And the caveat to being on the board of Twitter was that Elon Musk could not own more than 14, I believe it was 14.9%. Excuse me, got a little tickle there. Not picking my nose. <laughs> 14.9%, I think it was, that he was uh, only allowed to own if he was on the board of directors. And at the last minute, as they're getting ready for the boss to come walking in the room again, you know what I feel about Elon Musk. I don't agree with a lot of things he says, but I do agree with his freedom of speech advocacy. I do believe in his love for this country. I do believe that he's a patriot of some sort. But he walked, he was, he expected to walk in there and become part of the board of directors and at the last minute said, nope, I don't think I will. Let's get into this story. On Sunday, Elon Musk declined a seat on the board of directors. Billionaire Elon Musk has decided not to join the board of one of the social media's titans, Twitter. The San Francisco, now remember that because we're going to talk about that in a minute. The San Francisco-based company, uh, uh, the CEO uh, Parag Agrawal said Sunday night. The announcement came as a surprise after, uh, after Musk, the CEO of Tesla, said he would be joining the board following his stock purchase of 9.2% of the company. And on Sunday, of course, Agrawal tweeted, Elon has decided not to join our board. Now, this comes after last Monday, we found out that he bought 10% of Twitter. Prior to that, he was putting out polls on Twitter about what he would do, what people would do to Twitter if they could. And I don't believe that it was ever Elon Musk's um, desire to be on the board of directors. I believe he's at, he's, he is going after Twitter's throat. I believe he has literally decided not to build a yet another social media platform and hope everybody goes there. Why not just buy the ones that already exist and reform and change them or shut them down from the inside? So we might have all the different opinions on Elon Musk in this world, but one thing is for sure is that he is doing the right thing when it comes to Twitter. Now, he tweeted two things this weekend that we need to talk about. One of them was saying that he was thinking about making it so that we drop the Twitter, the W in Twitter. 
basically being called T-I-T-T-E-R. That was a funny, funny tweet that he put out. Nothing serious. But then he put out another tweet, and he called for converting the Twitter headquarters in San Francisco into a homeless shelter. Now, this, this was a pretty interesting tweet because everybody thought it was just another joke. He then followed up with another tweet, a follow-up tweet to converting Twitter headquarters in San Francisco into a homeless shelter to, oh, by the way, I'm very serious about that last tweet. That's not a joke. Now, let's think about this. Twitter headquarters is in San Francisco. Does anybody want to, does anybody dare to tell me in the comment section? Does anybody know? Is anybody familiar with who is the representative for San Francisco as it, when it comes to the House of Representatives? Whose district is that? Whose district is that? Does anybody know? I'll give you about 10 seconds for you guys to catch up to, uh, to the stream being delayed. Everybody, I want you all to tell me whose district, who represents in the United States Congress, House of Representatives, San Francisco. Now, you would be right if you said Stretch Face Armstrong herself, Nancy Pelosi, ladies and gentlemen. She is the representative of San Francisco. Now, does anybody else know what San Francisco happens to look like these days? It doesn't surely look like the Hilton. It surely doesn't look like Trump Tower. No, it looks like homeless headquarters, not Twitter headquarters. So with this tweet where Elon Musk said, maybe we should turn the Twitter headquarters in San Francisco into a homeless shelter, you're basically killing two birds with one stone. You are giving the homeless a place to live, and you're doing it in a place where nobody's at. And what do I mean by that? Well, ever since COVID, you know the people of Google and Twitter have decided we can just work from home. We can be losers at home, and we can be social justice warriors at home, and we can be transgenders from home. Well, that's basically like Twitter headquarters. Nobody's there. So when he actually put out, look, this is not a joke. I'm literally serious when I say we should turn Twitter headquarters into a homeless shelter. He said, because nobody's there. Nobody is there. Nobody's in the building. He said, why not? Why not? If nobody's here, nobody goes to work anyway, he says. Why not? I say you're killing two birds with one stone, and I support turning Twitter headquarters into a homeless shelter. I also support him not joining the board of directors so that he is not pigeon-held to only owning 14 point whatever percent of the company. He's going after the neck of Twitter. And I, for one, am very, very happy to watch it happen. Again, I never, t- I never used Twitter. I was banned from Twitter, and I never even used it. Just so you know. Fighters. God hates a coward, and I don't care if he's a Christian or if he isn't. Well, I do care if he's a Christian. I want everybody to follow Christ. But you know what I mean. Fighters, fighters, fighters. We are only surrounding ourselves with fighters, and we are only going to be fighters. We are no longer going to be hypocrites calling for somebody else to do something. We are going to put our money where our mouth is and our mouth where our money is, and we're going to do what we say we're going to do. We're going to follow through with what we say we're going to do, and we're not going to back down one inch. Now, moving on, you know that this being Holy Week for Christians, you're going to hear a lot of analogies and a lot of references and comparisons to the historical events, the accurate and historical events that we read about in our Bible today throughout this week on Live from America. Today, we'll actually be highlighting a very, very famous story that you all know in the Bible, the story of the mass exodus of slaves from Egypt back to the promised land. And we're going to be making references to Moses. Now, the Egyptians, let's talk about them for a minute. God brought them disease. God brought them plagues. God brought them massive disasters one after the other because A, they were non-believers They were not God-fearing people. As a matter of fact, they thought they were above everybody else. They thought that the Pharaoh was a God-king himself here on earth. And they also thought that there were many gods, and they did not heed the word of the one true holy God, Yahweh. 
and for that, and for not letting his Moses' people go, which was God's promised people, God brought plagues on them. God punished them for their transgressions, their iniquities, and their sin. Well, it looks like, ladies and gentlemen, that while we're fighting the good fight out here, while Donald Trump is fighting the fights he can win, while we're fighting the fights we can win, God is fighting the fights he can win. And I only look at this as a comparison because it just reminded me right away when I read this headline what this is all about. COVID-19 outbreak hits the D.C. elites with 72 high-profile personality elite Uh, Democrats and Republicans all testing positive for COVID-19 after attending the gridiron super spreader dinner that we talked about last week where my governor, Chris Sununu, decided he was going to go there and they were all together going to join in on one big, massive Trump-hating bash festival where they they bashed President Trump, where they bashed President all of us, where they bashed the MAGA movement, where they bashed the supporters of President Trump, where they bashed the January 6th political prisoners of President Tr- of uh, January 6th, where they bashed every single person in this country. And they thought it was funny. Well, it isn't funny anymore, is it? It isn't funny anymore, is it, you losers? Now that God's bringing his wrath on you, you too think that you are above everybody else, much like the Egyptians did. You also think that you uh, that there's different gods and you're praying to different gods that don't exist. Probably Moloch, probably some kind of weird abortion, sacrificial, rape, I don't know, ceremony you guys do. You're all disgusting people. And I, for one, enjoy watching things happen to you after you do so much bad to every one of us. Let's read this story. The Gridiron Club. President Tom DeFrank said Saturday that 68 attendees tested positive for COVID-19. The COVID-19 cases increased to 72 after five new cases were reported just this morning, according to the latest update. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is one of them, ladies and gentlemen, who attended the Gridiron Club dinner in D.C. last Saturday. According to Adams Spocks, the mayor canceled all public events for this week. Well, isn't that nice? Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack, who has been fully vaccinated and boosted, tested positive Friday and is experiencing mild symptoms. His office said in a statement Saturday, according to a new wave of cases that was swept through the nation's capital, Two other members of President Joe Biden's cabinet, Attorney General Merrick Garden Gnome Garland himself, Mr. Anklebiter, who thinks he can put the full weight and the full might of the Department of Justice on mama bears and papa bears just to run away like a scared little coward wussy with his tail between his legs. He also tested positive, and so did Commerce Secretary Gina Ramondo. They both tested positive last week after they attended the annual social gathering of high-profile political media and business figures and scumbag, evil, worthless, swamp donkeys. Garland attended a news conference with FBI Director Christopher Wray before he tested positive later Wednesday. The Justice Department said it was conducting contract tracing in accordance with protocols set by the CDC in prevention. Some lawmakers also tested positive after they attended the white tie event, including Representative um, Joaquin Castro, Democrat from Texas, little um, little pencil neck Adam Schiff, Democrat from California, the chairman of the Intelligence Committee. And so did Senator Susan Collins, Republican rhino from Maine, who announced her positive test Thursday after she voted to confirm Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to become the first illegitimate black woman on the Supreme Court. Vice President Kamala Harris, her communications director, Jamal Simmons, First Lady Jill Biden's press secretary, Michael LaRosa, and Valerie Biden Owens, the president's sister, were also among the guests who tested positive at the event. And we all know the most famous stretch face Armstrong herself, Nancy Pelosi, another loser swamp donkey Democrat from California who did not attend the dinner, also tested positive last week after she spent time with Biden and Harris. Weird. Right. And then when everybody starts calling her out on being close to the president, kissing the president, touching the president, hugging the president, spitting vodka all over the president. He didn't know what it was. He thought it was ice cream. Yum. Oh, thanks. What's up, man? They all. And then the CDC comes out and Jen Psaki comes out and says, well, you know, they were only around each other less than 15 minutes. Oh, now we have a time. Now we have a time limit. Used to be six feet. 
right? And then it turned into, well, six feet unless you're sitting down at a restaurant and not standing at, you know, normal adult height. And then it was if you sat down, coronavirus couldn't get you. But if you stood up, it would get you. And now if you are in contact with somebody, even if you kiss them, if you literally touch them with your lips, as long as it was under 15 minutes, everything is going to be okay. Does anybody continue to still buy this crap? Actually, they do. Because even in our grocery store in the live free or die state, people are walking around masked up like losers again. Just ignorant, stupid, moronic losers walking around with their masks on again, afraid to catch the flu. But hey, as long as you're only in contact for 15 minutes, you should be good. I look at this as God bringing them pain for their sin. And I don't wish death on anybody, and I don't wish pain on anybody, but what I do wish is a little tiny bit of consequences for your action. You know, like we teach our kids when they're six. 15 minutes, folks. You can go up and lick coronavirus as long as you're not doing it for 15 minutes and you should be okay. Now, speaking of the flu... Let's go to China. Does anybody even know what's going on in China right now? China is literally hell on earth. Not that it hasn't ever been hell on earth, but it is truly hell on earth now. What the CCP and the Chinese authorities are doing to the Chinese people right now is cruel and unusual punishment. But yet you will not hear NATO say anything about that. No, no, no. NATO is too, you know, focus, hyper focused on, uh, you know, Ukrainians bombing and killing their own people and the Azov Battalion neo-Nazi group killing and murdering, you know, their own people and blaming it on Russia. They're too concerned with Vladimir Putin shooting rockets and missiles over to stop pedophilia and to stop neo-Nazism and to stop the spread of biological diseases. They don't even want to give China even an ounce of their time. No, no, no. Where's the world? Uh, where, where, where's the, 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 uh, the, the, what's it called? The blue hats. What the heck are they called? I don't know why I can't think of it right. United Nations. Where's the United Nations? Where are the world governments to talk about what China is doing to their people right now? Because it's straight up cruel and unusual punishment. They're starving them to death. They are locking them down to come out for no reason whatsoever. And they are forcefully ripping people out of quarantine in the quarantine camps that they do have. People are living in little tiny boxes like coffins. And they're showing up missing. They're just killing them. People are jumping out of windows. I saw a video this weekend from China, a nighttime video, where people were recording the wails, the gnashing of the teeth and the wailing. Folks, does any of this ring a bell? The disease of the elites in D.C., does any of it ring a bell? The gnashing of the teeth and the wailing, does any of it ring a bell? And you want to sit here and tell me that history doesn't repeat itself. They are wailing and screaming out because they are locked down 24-7 for weeks now. They're being starved out. They have no care, no health care, no anything. They're just straight up dying, jumping out of buildings, much like they did on 9-11. Now, I'm going to show you some very graphic images here. Pretty much one is really the only graphic one, but I do want to go through these with you. Um, and I do apologize because these videos are in a, uh, portrait, you know, holding the phone straight up rather than a widescreen. So you are going to see some, uh, some of this is going to be not fit the screen properly, but I want to, I just want to, before we get into the videos, I just want to read a little bit to you. Chinese citizens are starving to death. They're jumping from balconies to their deaths after weeks of COVID zero lockdown after communist China began enforcing a zero COVID policy, reinstituting the most um, erroneous safety restrictions in the country since the manufactured pandemic begun with the help and the funding of the United States of America more than two years ago. Chinese citizens are desperate for food and other basic necessities to the point where many of them are killing themselves. Straight up killing themselves. I want to play you a series of videos right now This is the first video that you're about to see is actually a video of uh, Chinese authorities coming in all dressed up in white, you know, like CDC disease prevention control suits. And they're coming into a an, an apartment complex here and they're literally coming in to 
yank people out of their homes. This is the first video. Check this out. All right, that was the first video. Nothing really big there, but it gets a little bit more. Now, this guy, what you're going to see now is this guy, if you haven't already seen it, uh, it is the, there is sub cap or captions to this one, so you can read this. But this guy right here, he's screaming to somebody on the phone, he, that, that, what, are, what are they supposed to do? What are the Chinese uh, innocent people supposed to do? He jumps up. He goes to like, sell party he says where is communism the government is lying he says where is communism now he says pay attention youngsters I want each and every one of you to show this to your children, your nieces, your nephews, or any young person in your family under the age of 35. I want you to show them this portion of this video today. I want you to share this video out right now. Even if you've already shared it, share it again. It's your duty. Let's get it out there. This is communism. This is what they're going for. This is what they're going after. And now, not to criticize anybody's decision out there for taking the vaccine or not taking the vaccine, but I am very... Very happy that my family and I decided not to go anywhere near anything to do with coronavirus and pretend like it never existed. Because now it's really starting to come out, folks. It's really starting to come out, this agenda. Now, what you're going to see in this next quick video is a quarantine center in China where everybody has a box that looks like a coffin. Literally, everybody has a box that looks like a coffin. Let's see if we can... uh, Let's see if this will play here without it's a smaller it's a smaller screen, so just check this out. See these boxes? Everybody's sleeping in them like coffins. This is a quarantine camp. Quarantine center. Look at this. This is how they want the whole world, you guys. This is how they want it in America. Will you let them? Will you fight? This is how they want it in the UK. Will you let them? Will you fight? This is how they want it in France. Will you let them? Will you fight? This is how they want it in Canada, South America, Australia, Italy, Greece, Africa. This is how they want the world. Will you fight or will you allow it to happen? I will die fighting. I will die trying. I will die fighting for my rights and the rights of my family and friends around me. Here's a picture of a, uh, of a silent protest, which you could still get killed for in China. But somebody put their empty fridge on, the, uh, on, their, on their little apartment porch stool thing, stoop, as a silent protest. 
Deaths by suicide in Hong Kong have reached a crisis level amid the city's fifth COVID-19 wave, according to the Hong Kong Jockey Club Center for Suicide and Prevention at the University of Hong Kong. Research compiled by the group shows Chinese suicide index registered 4.03 deaths per day over a seven-day period between March 11th and March 18th, hovering around 11 to 12 death by suicide cases per million, which crosses the crisis level mark of 3.56 in its rolling analysis reported independently. Now, this next video I show you is going to be the one that's hard to watch. A lot of you have probably seen this, but for those who haven't, it's a silent video, and let me just play you what it looks like. As you can see, it's playing over and over again. This is a man who clutched to his wife or girlfriend and literally pulled her out of the window with him. Now, if that is not reminiscent of things that happened on November 11th, I get it. It's not the same thing, but it's just as eerie to watch. When I told you guys to stock up on things just to be certain, when I told you guys to make sure that you have things in order just to be certain, I meant it. COVID-19 was a global attempt and strategy and is still working to this day to completely restructure everything. The great reset they're talking about is to completely dismantle small and private business small, medium, private-owned business, and to enrich the corporations. Now, for this to work, they needed these large, rich corporations like Disney and others to be in on it with them. They could not have done this without them. So they gave them a stake in it. They gave them a stake in it, meaning that Jeff Bezos would become even more of a billionaire. Mark Zuckerberg would become even more of a billionaire. Elon Musk would become even more of a billionaire. Large corporations had to be in on it, whether they were directly or indirectly involved in it. Large corporations seen the biggest transfer of wealth from us to them than we've ever seen in this world. Did I say November 11th? I meant September. I'm sorry. I don't remember. I don't know what I said there, but you know know what I mean. You know what I mean when I say that. This was an attempt to literally weaken military power, weaken individual people, Weaken small to medium-owned businesses so they can enrich the elite and enrich the corporations. That is it. And if you think this is the end, then you are very naive. Now, staying with COVID for a minute, because I know we haven't talked about COVID in a while, and thank God we haven't, but it seems like the world is so eager to wrap masks back on their face and get more booster shots, a new Freedom of Information Act request has literally unearthed uh, the information in the news that Pfizer had planned to hire 1,800 employees in order to deal with reporting of adverse effects from the COVID-19 vaccine. This is part of the information that is coming out that Pfizer did not want you to know about. So remember, as we The regular people here in America and around the world were screaming from the rooftops, adverse reactions, adverse reactions, killing people, myocarditis, paralyzing people for life, literally Guillain-Barre syndrome, permanent and temporary, massive amounts of problem, miscarriages, death everywhere. We screamed it. We screamed it at school board meetings. We screamed it at city council meetings. We screamed it at hearings. We screamed it at our jobs. We screamed it in the military. We screamed it at these big corporations. I don't want to take it. What about the adverse reactions? Shut up, they said. Shut your mouth. Take the vaccine or we will destroy your life. Never in history has this happened. And now we find out that they had plans to hire almost 2,000 employees just to deal with the reporting on the adverse reactions. Now, Pfizer hired 600 employees with a plan to hire a total of 1,800, triple what they initially started with. When side effects from the COVID-19 vaccine started showing up everywhere and they could not contain the information, they could not contain the truth, even if they were banning you from social media. The employers were hired to address the flood of adverse reaction reporting. Pfizer's taken 
a multiple actions, excuse me, multiple actions to help alleviate the large increase of adverse event reports, according to the document. This includes significant technology enhancements and processes and workflow solutions, as well as an increasing, increasing the number of data entry and case processing colleagues. At the time when the document from the first quarter of 2021 was sent to the U.S. FDA, Pfizer had onboarded about 600 extra full-time workers to deal with this jump. Quote, more are joining each month with an expected total of, high, of more than 1,800 additional resources by the end of June 2021. And this all came out in unredacted FOIA requests um, reports. The analysis of adverse event reports were previously disclosed to the Health Transparency Group, but certain portions were redacted. The PDF was redacted when we first had access to any of this information. Now it's not including the number of workers Pfizer onboarded to deal with this massive jump in adverse reactions. Quote, we ask that the redactions on page six of this report be lifted and the FDA agree without providing an explanation, or excuse me, and the FDA agreed without providing an explanation. Aaron Siri, a lawyer representing the plaintiffs, told the uh, Epoch Times in an email. The redactions had been made under B4 of the Freedom of Information Act, which lets agencies, quote, withhold trade secrets and commercial or financial information obtained from a person which is privileged or confidential. Can you please tell me how hiring six to 1,800 employees to deal with the massive influx and flow of adverse reactions has anything in the world to do with commercial trade secrets or financial information based on anything? These people that we have hired and who we have elected to run our lives do just that. They run our lives, they control everything about you, they lie to you, and they get you to come back with your hand out and say, can I have some more, please? Fighters, are you willing to fight? Right now, everybody says, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? Right now, what you can do is be loud, be vocal, and not be afraid. That's what you can do right now. Be loud, be vocal, and do not be afraid. Be loud, be vocal, and do not be afraid. Let me say it a little louder. Be loud, be vocal, and do not be afraid. Just like Jesus when he walked into the temple and flipped over all of the tables, all the tax pay, all the tax collectors' tables, all the selling of goods and animals in the temple. Be righteously angry. Be loud, be vocal, and do not be afraid. That is what you're supposed to do right now. When, we, when we're supposed to do something next, we'll know it. Trust me. Trust me. We'll know it. Long story short, they knew that the adverse reactions were going to happen because they did not have the time in order to test this Fauci uh, experimental drug on the planet or on anybody, and they just pushed it out there. And there's a reason why they did, and it has nothing to do with keeping you safe from COVID-19. And if you think that, you might be a moron. You might be a moron if that's what you believe. Bad Moon says, get loud and do not comply. Donnie C says, symbolism will be their downfall. Wrecking ball to the guidestones. Amen, Donnie. God bless you, brother. Miranda um, typed it out. Be loud, be vocal, and do not be afraid. And don't be afraid. That last part is probably the most important. Don't be afraid. Have no fear. Be who you are. Be who God created you to be and don't give a good you-know-what about what anybody or any business thinks of you. Be who God created you to be and not be afraid. Now, what do we got here, 11 minutes? I should be able to get through all this and most of that, so let's get right to it. Catherine Inglebrook, Greg Phillips, and Charlie Kirk had had a conversation last Thursday evening for about an hour. The topic of discussion was the movie 2000 Mules and, more importantly, the massive, massive ballot harvesting crime network 
that has been built by the Democrats, by the left, and by Stacey Abrams to steal both state and national elections. In this conversation, there was some stuff that was very interesting. Like, number one, Governor Brian Kemp being implicated. Governor Brian Kemp being implicated in True the Votes investigation into this crime network. I want to thank everybody who's donated to the show and donated to make sure we keep Eli here. This show could not be what it is today without Eli. The Slurp Fund could not be what it is today without Rumble Rants. So please, ladies and gentlemen, if you find you got a little something extra, I know it's hard these days, but Rumble Rants are good, or just the website. I appreciate it. Let's get down to talking about Brian Kemp real quick. I want to talk about the bullet points that were really hit in this conversation. Now, the conversation was an hour and 18 minutes long. I'm not going to play it for you. I watched it. I'll just give you the bullet points. The bullet points are as follows. During this explosive interview with Charlie Kirk, Catherine, and Greg, there were several bombs dropped, and we will bullet point those and talk about them now. The NRSC was given evidence of voter fraud and did absolutely nothing. Second bullet point, Brian Kemp literally led the fight against True the Vote, their investigation, and to get the truth out every single step of the way. Why? Brian Kemp, why? I don't like David Perdue. I'm a, I'm a Candace Taylor guy, but anybody that can beat Brian Kemp, beat him. The FBI and DOJ used cell phone ping data to identify, locate, and arrest January 6 protesters, but did not use the same technology and technique in order to identify ballot traffickers in 2022. So basically, true the vote, utilize the same technology, the same techniques, using the same resources that the FBI and the DOJ used in order to catch these lying, thieving, ballot-harvesting, crime syndicate family known as the Democrat Communist Party. Two can play at that game, and we got you. Ballot traffickers were operating in Georgia in the 2018 election, including a number of the same suspects. The ballot traffickers or mules were making anywhere from 10 to $40 per ballot dumped in the ballot boxes. We already know that. Get this, though. When asked which is the, wor- is the worst state in the nation for ballot trafficking, harvesting, and crime, Greg Phillips answered Pennsylvania was the worst state they saw. With 1,155 ballot traffickers identified and five central gathering locations. Now, let me just explain to you again how many people they caught in Georgia. There were only 240 individuals. 240. I, with the help of uh, uh, Heather Mullins and True the Vote and all the conversation I was having with them behind the scenes, we figured out a long time ago that this was a nationwide scam and it was a network that was being used in each and every battleground state in every swing state. If you remember... And they said, Georgia, that's nothing compared to Pennsylvania. 240 ballot traffickers in Georgia, 1,155 ballot traffickers identified in Pennsylvania with five central locations. That is literally five times the size of what happened in Georgia. And the last bullet point, ladies and gentlemen, ballot traffickers crossed state lines, including from New Jersey to Philadelphia. Crime of the century. And it was multi-state. It was cross-state lines. And it should be federally prosecuted. First investigated and then prosecuted. But the investigation is going to be so easy now. Think about this. Think about this. Think about this federal investigation when we take back over. When we take the House and the Senate back over. When we get all these committees again. Think about... How easy the investigation will be since we've already done it for two years, since I've done it, you've done it, Stu Peters has done it, RAV has done it, Steve, uh, Steve uh, War Room, Steve Bannon's done it, Jack Posobiec has done it, Peter Navarro has done it, Cortez has done it. So many people are working out there so hard. Ben Berkwam, everybody. The investigation shouldn't, go, shouldn't be that rough and it shouldn't be that long. We're already doing it. We're proactively doing it. Get used to that new Republican Party being proactive. Now, speaking of one of these people in the Republican Party, Kevin McCarthy. 
I get a lot of email and a lot of messages from people going, why are you so hard on Kevin McCarthy? Why are you causing problems within our own party? No, no, honey. I ain't causing problems in the Republican Party. I'm fixing problems in the Republican Party. I'm not causing wounds to the Republican Party. I am literally bandaging wounds in the Republican Party, and I'm done putting Band-Aids on bullet holes. Those days of the GOP doing absolutely nothing but picking their nose and eating their boogers are done. It's time for fighters and time for people that will actually get things done. And guess who's not one of them guys? Kevin McCarthy, or as we've called him here, Kevin McCoward. Because this loser went on Maria Bartiromo's show and literally said the worst thing that anybody that was hoping to ever be the Speaker of the House ever say. He went on Maria Bartiromo's show to tell her that impeaching Biden is just not something that he is interested in. Uh, excuse me, what? Impeaching Biden isn't something you're interested in, even though it is clear that he's committed high crimes and misdemeanors against the United States of America and not kept uh, kept us safe, which is his one and primary only job. Excuse me, Kevin McCoward? Being, uh, being connected to Hunter Biden's laptop with all the traitorous stuff that was going on on there and all of the money that was coming in and the laundering and the abusing of power and, and, and pedophilia and drugs and all that, that's, you're, not, you're not interested in that? What are you, stupid, ignorant, or part of the problem? I, th- I seem to think he's part of the problem. Let's go ahead and play this right now. Somebody said, I believe Madison Cawthorn is a wacko. Good. I believe Kevin McCarthy's a wacko. I guess we'll have difference of opinions on that. Here we go. On uh, Fox Business, Greg Murphy, and he told me that all of the things that he is seeing from President Biden uh, are impeachable, but the Congress is worried about impeaching him because they're not so confident about his number two. Here's Greg Murphy. I want to get your reaction to this. Watch. I think there's going to be plenty of foot. There's plenty. If you look at Afghanistan, you look at the border crisis, you look at so many of these different things. The sad thing is, Maria, look at who's number two. Look at who's number two. I think number two is worse than number one. So this is the predicament that we're in. But these offenses that this president has done against the heart and soul of this country, against law and order, I think stands our grounds for impeachable offenses. Amen. Congressman, what about that? Will you move to impeach President Biden? Listen up. Look, the one thing we learned that the Democrats did is they they used impeachment for political reason. We believe in the rule of law. We're not going to pick and choose just because somebody has power. We're going to uphold the law. At any time, if someone breaks the law and the ramification comes impeachment, we would move towards that. But we're not going to use it for political purposes. Our focus is going to be securing our border, making us energy independent. Bringing these prices down, making our schools safe and our streets again, and holding this administration accountable. And we will take the facts to wherever the facts go, because America has been through too much with people playing politics with the concept of impeachment. But if it rises to that level, we would have the law determine that. Well, I want to get you. So there he said, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in doing what the Democrats did. I'm interested in, I'm interested in, uh, I'm more interested in getting prices down. Well, duh. We're all interested in getting prices down there, moron. And by the way, Barb, I apologize. I thought you said Madison was a wacko. Uh, You said Kevin McCarthy wasn't. You believe Madison. So do I. Did you see where Madison Cawthorn stood up at the Trump rally? Where he stood and he said, if I can stand and fight for this nation, then so can you. Now, I saw also my buddy Larry Reha said all of these videos and all this yelling is depressing. I get it, Larry. I do. We have more good news on this show than we have bad, but one thing that we have to understand and one thing I thought about this weekend is when an army or a military, okay, when an army or a military goes into battle, they have to know their, they have to know their enemy. They have to have a strategy. They have to have a plan, and they have to know everything about what they're fighting, and that's what we do here on this show. Something other news stations will not do, something other talk shows will not do, something nobody has the spine to do, and that is tell you what we need to fight, and a lot of the times it's our own party. Now I'm going to end the show with two pieces of good news. But before I do that, you know, <laughs> you know what we got to do. Let's go ahead and ring it up here. And let's give the Dumb Dumb Award of the Day to Mr. Kevin McCoward. Come on, man. <laughs> we did it. We did it, Joe. <laughs> 
Dum Dum Award of the Day goes to Rhino Kevin McCoward, and he deserves so much more than that. I believe Madison Cawthorn when I think when he and many others are co-kids. Now, a lot of people said they couldn't find that post on True Social, which is really odd because I don't have True Social. I showed you a post last week, if you remember, supposedly of Madison Cawthorn's verified account where he's talking about he's in on it, Kevin McCarthy. A lot of people said they went to his page and it wasn't there. So again, I don't know if he deleted it or if he ever actually posted it, but I know a crap ton of people sent it to me the day he supposedly did it. So I guess we'll see. The drama continues. Now let's end the show on two strong notes for, for, for Larry and for all of us. You ready for this? You ready, Larry? Here we go, brother. I love you. Let's do some good news. President Trump got yet another win in court against these Democrat communist losers. Oh, don't you just love it when President Trump wins? I know I do. Let's play some music. Oh, no, one more time. Come on. And let's, uh, let's play this, too. Hey, uh, every time President Trump wins in court. Ah, I can hear that money transferring from the Communist Party to Donald J. Trump for all of his legal fees. But he wins again in court as a judge has ruled that the New York City Council and the elite losers in charge there illegally canceled President Trump's contract to run his Bronx golf course. Ooh, I love it when President Trump uh, beats uh, when President Trump beats the, sta- uh, the city and the state of New York. Um, Donald Trump is back in the Bronx, baby. That should be the headline of the day. Back in the Bronx, a state Supreme Court judge ruled last Friday that the city did not have the right to cancel President Trump's contract to run the Ferry Point Golf Course. Uh, Former Mayor Bill de Blasio had nixed the deal after January 6, 2021, arguing that Trump would not be able to attract golf tournaments. In her decision and order filed on Friday, Justice Deborah James, who is a state Supreme Court in New York, said there was nothing in the contract that required a tournament, only that the city would share in any of the proceeds from a tournament. That means either Trump gets to continue to run the golf course or the city needs to pay him in order to leave. And of course, President Trump's son, Eric, said, I think we'll stay a while. (laughs) I think we'll stay a while, says Eric Trump. And you know what? I agree. Better to be a thorn in the side of an evil, evil place like New York City than to get paid by taxpayer dollars to leave. Right on, President Trump. Keep kicking butt and taking names, and we'll keep fighting right alongside you, which brings me to my next and last piece of beautiful, great news here on this April 11th year of our Lord, 2022. President Trump is doing all the right things when it comes to campaigning, except for maybe some of his endorsements. But we cannot always agree with what President Trump is doing because President Trump is a strategy that we don't know yet and I don't like some of his endorsements, but again, I don't have to like everyone. What I do have to know is the man is doing his job and he's going to do what he needs to do in order to take back and win for America. Okay? One of President Trump's biggest advantages that he has over everybody in the political spectrum that he's fighting against and, and around is his uncanny and odd ability as a billionaire and as a rich person his whole life to be able to connect with middle America to be able to connect and have his finger on the pulse of this country and its beautiful people all the way down to the paycheck-to-paycheck people like us. President Trump, even though he's been rich his entire life, understands America in a way that the the politicians never could. So, one thing that he understands is how to reach out to people, which he did this weekend as Kid Rock kicked off his new tour the thousands of people in attendance at this Kid Rock concert got a very very special message before the show started let's go ahead and play that we have a very special announcement from the 45th president of the United States of America hello everyone I love you all. 
I know you're having a great time at the Kid Rock concert tonight. Quite frankly, he's amazing. All of you in attendance are the true backbone of our great country. Hardworking, God-fearing, rock and roll patriots. Bob is truly one of the greatest entertainers of our time. Not the best golfer by any means. His golf game could use a little work, but a great, great entertainer, and that's why you're there. Let's all continue to love one another, fight for our God-given freedoms, and most of all, let's make America rock again. And he puts on a hat that says, make America rock again. A wonderful time tonight. God bless you, and God bless America. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? And of course, Kid Rock and Kid Rock fashion kicked off the night, just wowing the crowd. And of course, went on to do his new song, Let's Go Brandon. He was dressed in red, white, and blue. And again, President Trump knows how to be in touch with his people. And so does Governor Ron DeSantis. Did you see Governor Ron DeSantis at the UFC event this weekend in Jacksonville, Florida? He came in, got a standing ovation, had slapping high fives. People love people who love and work for them. People love people who love and work for them. And President Trump and Donald uh, and, and, and Ron DeSantis are two of the most powerful politicians in the country right now because they're not politicians. They are public servants. They get it, and we get it. It's awesome. 45 and 47. Actually, 45, 46, and 47. So for that incredible, incredible message from Donald Trump and for being so very intelligent to always have his finger on the pulse The Smarty Award of the day is going to go to Donald J. Trump. And you know what? He can share it with Ron DeSantis. They're both great and they're both amazing. Folks, that's going to do it for Live from America today. God bless each and every one of you. And thank you for joining in on this awesome Monday, the beginning of Holy Week. Well, actually, yesterday was, but today's the beginning of our workday. Thank you very much for the donations. Thank you for the love. Let's keep it going. Let's keep this show going. It's more important than any one of us. It's more important than all of us because we're doing the Lord's work. Okay? So remember, folks, um, we have deals going on in the store right now. Today was supposed to be the last day of the deal where you could get two shirts, uh, two of the any, any of the uh, choices between the, uh, um, the Hand Over Your Heart shirts and the Gang of Patriots shirts. That was supposed to end today. We're going to extend that until April 20th because it's so popular and so many people want those shirts. So go check it out, JeremyHarrell.com. Remember, folks, there are right ways and wrong ways, but there is only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I'll see you tonight at 5 p.m. for more Live from America. Until then, keep a smile on your face and keep your families close. Spread the gospel, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.